Well, praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be in His house today. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. The strength the Lord desires for us, for His people, is unswerving. A manner of life and living that can take all and face all. A holy disposition. It speaks of the possession of unswerving faith, hope, trust, and determination. There were three young Hebrew men in the province of Babylon. A command to peoples, nations, languages. At the sound of the secular symphony, all were to bow down and worship. And three young men of unswerving commitment to God refused to bow. And now what? Well, we know the history. They were given another opportunity, another chance at compromise, another opportunity to desecrate their faith, fall down, bow down, worship. And they responded with a bold declaration. We pick up the text, Daniel chapter 3, beginning of verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Let us hold unswervingly. Verses 19 and 20, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. When the heat turns up, Let us hold unswervingly. Verses 21 to 23, these three men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now what? The only resistance left, faith in God. The only hope left, the only defense left, the only offense left, faith in God. These men knew it better to die with honor and to die with faith and in faith than to live a coward. Imagine living with the regret of swerved faith. Having come so far only to crack when the only recourse left faith. These men wouldn't have it. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Daniel, a man of like character, Daniel, a law has been set in place that you can't pray. You can't petition God. Daniel 6.10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed. And give thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Well, Daniel got caught. It was only a matter of days, right? No. He didn't change his manner, he didn't alter his custom. No compromise, no desecrated faith. The Bible says when he knew that the writing was signed, faith acted. Commitment, loyalty, and devotion. Daniel's unswerving commitment got him thrown in a lion's den. And here this man finds himself. The only resistance left, the only hope left, the only defense, offense left, faith in God. Let us hold unswervingly. Think of the man Joseph, a dreamer. A young man with the dreams of God. He was hated for his dreams. Hated by those closest to him. There was a plot against him. 
See a dreamer, hear a dreamer. And the plot to silence, the plot to kill. Cast into a pit, then sold into slavery. This man of impeccable character, wrongfully accused, thrown into prison, and there, forgotten. This man, the only resistance left, the only hope, his defense and his offense, faith in God. Faith in the one who is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the faith that we, we profess. I've always loved the story of Noah. I'm sure many of you love that story as well. It's a favorite among children. You think of this man, a call to build an ark. Something unknown to man. An ark for saving. And the man went to work. Began to build. Obedience, faith, commitment, devotion. According to the blueprints of God. You know that people mocked him. What's rain, Noah? When's it coming? A flood? You serious? And of what magnitude? You preacher of righteousness. Sounds like foolishness. What a waste of finances and resources. What a waste of time. You should join in the ways of the world instead of spending your time building a sinking ship. Such wickedness in the earth. The enemy came in like a flood. And here the Lord would raise a standard. When it's all on the line, this is where it's at. The only resistance left. Faith in God. The only hope left, faith in God. The only defense and offense left, faith in God. You know, unswerving faith requires unswerving endurance. The Bible says, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, reading from the Amplified, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles. Are you there today? And rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And how might one remain unswerving? 
Well, surely this is of aid. 2 Thessalonians 2.17, comfort and encourage your hearts. Strengthen them. Make them steadfast and keep them unswerving in every good work and word. Things get really real when the only resistance left is faith in God. When you find yourself in that place where the only hope left is faith in God, the only defense left and offense left is faith in God. In times like these, reveal things. Times like these, hard times. You know that hard times always reveal true friends? As today, have you been there? Concerning friendship in the natural, hard times always reveal true friends. But you know, hard times reveal the kind of friend we are to the Lord. It's those put your money where your mouth is times. You see, concerning him, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But what of us? Hard times reveal the kind of friend we are to the Lord. Having professed things, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. The man Job went through the unthinkable. Maybe you're here in this room today and you feel as if you're going through the unthinkable. Job a man who went through the unthinkable. Job 1, verses 6 to 8. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And guess who showed up? And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth. And from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That's quite the response. Where you come from? Well, I've just been going to and fro on the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? that there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man, one who fears God 
and shuns evil. A man God could bet on. And he'd desire the same for each of us. We read on, verses 9 to 12, So Satan answered and said to the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and all, around all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. The devil went to work in the man's life. The devil went to work on the man's life. You want to know trial of faith? Read the book of Job. You want to know as well the trial of enduring miserable comforters? Read the book of Job. Job 2, 3, reading from the voice, eternal one. Have you looked into the man, Job, my servant? He is unlike any other person on the whole earth. A very good man. His character spotless. His integrity unquestioned. In fact, he so believes in me that he seeks in all things to honor me and deliberately avoids evil in all of his affairs. And I have found him to be unswervingly committed, despite the fact that you provoked me to wreck him for no particular reason, to take away my protection and his prosperity. An unthinkable trial of faith and the desire of Satan to send a man swerving. Job 4, 6, isn't your fear of God true confidence and your unswerving commitment genuine hope? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. You know, it's been said that to trust God in the light is nothing, but to trust Him in the dark, that is faith. Psalm 22, 8, He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Let Him deliver him, seeing He delighted in Him. The strength the Lord desires for each one of us, for His people, is unswerving. Facing all. I share these words with the church today. Neither is our faith limited to what men call deliverance. It is a misrepresentation when his enemies say 
He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Because though it is the truth, it is not the whole truth. Our blessed Lord continued to trust in the Father, though the cup did not pass from Him. And though no legions of angels were sent to deliver Him from Pilate, though the enemy was permitted to exercise all his malice upon him until his blessed body was nailed to the accursed tree, yet the faith of our divine Lord and Master was not moved from its steadfastness. You want to be like Jesus? He trusted in God for something higher than deliverance from death. For he looked beyond the grave and said, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. In all his pains, his heart said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. The blind world cannot understand this. They say like their father, Doth Job fear God for naught? They insinuate that Christian people trust God for what they get out of them. Now, I have often thought that if the devil could have put it the other way, he would have been very rejoiced to do so. Suppose he could have said, Job serves God for naught. Then the ungodly world would have shouted, We told you so. God is a bad paymaster. His servants may serve him as perfectly as Job, but he never gives them any reward. Happily, the accuser's grumble is of quite the opposite kind. Neither one way or another is there any pleasing the devil, and it is not a thing we desire to do. Let him put it as he likes. We serve God. And we have our reward. But if the Lord does not choose to give us exactly what we look for, still, still will we trust in Him. For it is our delight. It is a misrepresentation to say of a believer that he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him if he is supposed to trust for no other reason. And dear friends, our faith is not tied to time. That is the mistake of the statement in the text. They said he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. As much as to say, if God does not deliver him now, his trust will have been a folly. And God will not have answered to his confidence. But it is not so, brethren. If we are in the fire and we are trusting God, our faith does not mean that we expect to come forth from the furnace at this very hour. Nay, we might not come out tonight, nor tomorrow, nor next month. It may be not for years. We do not tie God down to conditions and expect Him to do this and that. And then if he does not, in his wisdom, see fit to do it, threaten 
that we will trust Him no more, the very worst we could do would be to make the eternal God a slave to time, as though He must do everything at our bidding and measure His divine moments by the ticking of a clock. You know, this is where it gets real. Like we're talking about real faith. The three Hebrew men had it right. It was the confession of the unswerving. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand. But if not, but if not, but if not, let it be known to you that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I wonder what words would come after your, but if not. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. This is the King James Version, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know, profession is more than words rolling off the lips. Faith on the line. Faith that is watched and viewed and observed. Faith on the precipice. Will they swerve? Will they crack? Will confession fold? Will profession prove nothing more than a house of cards? Let them threaten to trust the faithful one no more. Verses 35 to 39, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience. that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. As today shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword send us swerving? Are we not in all these things more than conquerors through him that loved us? Shall death 
life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, or any other creature, send us swerving. You know, we all face our own intense moments, and we are not in the business of comparing them. If so, we should spend time in the book of Job. If we let go, if we let go of faith, we have nothing left. Moments when the only resistance left, the only defense left, the only hope left, the only offense left, faith in God. Hold on to a believing spirit in it all and through it all. Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Surely this too would aid Are you there today? Facing a furnace. There at the opening of a den of lions. Is it mocking because of obedience to a call? Is it the loneliness of the dreamer? Is it physical attack? Possessional attack, whatever it might be, may God grant us the strength to remain unswerving. We don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. Did Job know he was the product of a bet between God and the devil? Let us hold unswervingly. You know, this is sure. On this side of eternity, our faith must be tested. And our faith must be tried. Our faith will be tested. Our faith will be tried. Listen to 1 Peter 1, verses 6 to 9. In this you greatly rejoice... Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved, that is, distressed by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith is obviously a difference, like genuine faith and the knockoff. You know, just simply not the real thing. that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. 
Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Maybe you're not there yet. Let the Lord lead you to that place. Where you see life differently. You can have the worship team return. These are the words of Charles Spurgeon. Ungodly men are exceedingly apt to find amusement in the trials involved in the life and walk of faith. I'm going to repeat that line. Ungodly men are exceedingly apt to find amusement in the trials involved in the life and walk of faith. Their cry of, let him deliver him, implies that their victim was in serious difficulty from which he could not extricate himself. This is no novelty to the believer, but it makes rare fun for the ungodly. What is the good of faith if the believer suffers like others? and endures the same pains and losses and diseases as others. So the men of the world argue. They would be believers too if it would bring them in a fortune, or a handsome salary, or at least a loaded table and a full cup. But when they see a saint on the dunghill with Job, or in the pit with Joseph, or in the dungeon with Jeremiah, or among the dogs with Lazarus, they sneer and cry. Is this the reward of piety? Is this the recompense of godliness? They like to spy us out in our time of trouble and taunt us with our confidence in God. And alas... There is so much unbelief in us that we are all too prone in such seasons to question the justice and faithfulness of the Lord and to say with David, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. It seems hard for us to be mocked by the base ones of the earth. to become the song and the byword of the ungodly. Yet this has happened to the excellent of the earth and will happen yet again. Set your account that this is a part of the covenanted heritage and accept it with joy for Christ's sake. Unswerving. Let us hold unswervingly.
to the hope we profess. For he who has promised is faithful. Let's stand in the house today. I want to fetch your heart if you're asking, Lord, I want unswerving faith, unswerving commitment, unswerving devotion in all and facing all.